Good morning. This is Alan Carroll at Carroll Pharmacy in Smithfield, and we are proud to bring you Hope for Today, a program we hope might help you, inspire you, or encourage you and give you hope for today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. There's a road that's straight and narrow that the saints have traveled on, paved with all the tribulations of the martyrs that have gone. If you're grateful for their victories and for showing us the way, then give thanks for all your blessings, get on your knees, and pray. In this world of grief and sorrow, filled with selfishness and greed, there remains the glory fountain to supply our every need. You can find it in the temple with a welcome on the door, but be sure to count your blessings before you ask for more. Be forgiving to the wayward like the Master told us to. When he said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They would change their way of living if they could but understand. So remember they're your brothers. They need a helping hand. Thank God for every flower and each tree. Thank God for all the mountains and the seas. Thank God for giving life to you and me, wherever you may be. Thank God. Welcome back to my Thanksgiving edition of Hope for Today. As many of you know, this program is pre-recorded. But today, I really wish it were live so that I could have people call in and just tell us what they're thankful for or who they are thankful for. But since that cannot happen, and since Thanksgiving has only passed just two days ago, I decided to read you what some of my favorite authors, Christian ministers, and others have to say about being thankful. I opened today's program with the words from the song Hank Williams wrote entitled, Thank God, repeating the last two lines of the chorus. Thank God for giving life to you and me, wherever you may be. Thank God. If you are able to hear this radio program, you can give thanks that you are alive to hear it and that you are able to hear. We all have so much to be thankful for. I once heard it said that if you cannot remember anything to be thankful for, you have a very short memory. Occasionally, I will ask the six- and seven-year-old children in my Sunday school class to name something they are thankful for and I give them permission to say pass if they can't think of anything. But I would not give any of you listening a pass on not being able to thank God for some blessing in your life. I remember the day after my father died suddenly of a heart attack back in 1986. The two thoughts I had when reflecting on my father's passing that next morning were that I was glad that I had had him in my life for 37 years and that he loved my mother. And of course, because my dad believed in Jesus Christ, I fully expect to see him again in heaven, which was the most comforting thought of all. I know some of you listening today have had a bad year. Maybe you have been diagnosed with an incurable disease. Maybe you have lost a parent. Maybe you have lost your spouse of many years. Some of you have even suffered the loss of a child this year. Everyone goes through some tough times. And Christians are not immune to cancer or death or anything else that non-believers might experience. I want to read you part of something written about how to be thankful in tough times by Rick Warren, a minister and author of The Purpose Driven Life. And this is what Pastor Warren said. Thank God in all things. Whenever you pray, you should always pray with thanksgiving. The healthiest human emotion is not love, but gratitude. It actually increases your immunities. It makes you more resistant to stress and less susceptible to illness. People who are grateful are happy, but people who are ungrateful are miserable because nothing makes them happy. 
They're never satisfied. It's never good enough. So if you cultivate the attitude of gratitude, of being thankful in everything, it reduces stress in your life. I would also like to mention here that Rick Warren has lost a son to suicide. So when he says we should thank God in all things, it takes on added meaning. Now, he did not say we should thank God for all things, which there is a difference, and I will be sharing the testimonies of people who have suffered incredible loss, and they turned to God. When looking through stuff on my cluttered desk to find material that I might use for today's program, I came across the book Thank You, Billy Graham, which is a book that was compiled as a tribute to the life and ministry of Billy Graham. It was compiled by three of his grandchildren. And I'm now going to read you a paragraph from the introduction to this book, Thank You, Billy Graham. This is from the introduction to this book. Daddy Bill's own story is best told by the people God touched through his life. Through the website thankyoubilly.com, hundreds of people have shared stories of hope, forgiveness, joy, redemption, and God's amazing grace. These are stories of how God chose an ordinary North Carolina farm boy for an extraordinary purpose. Whether they address him as Reverend Graham, Dr. Graham, Mr. Graham, Brother Graham, or just plain Billy, these precious individuals all share the joy of knowing Jesus through Daddy Bill's preaching. This book has compiled a bunch of letters, and I'm going to read you one that was written by somebody named Linda. And the last names are never revealed in the book. It's just the first names. And so this is a letter that was from Linda. And the title of this was, It All Started With You. Mr. Graham, when I heard you were coming to Cleveland to our old stadium, I asked my girlfriend Mary if she would go with me, and she agreed. At the time, my divorce had come full circle, meaning that the man I left my husband for had left me for another woman. Surprise, surprise, and I was devastated. When you made the call, I went forward. At the time, I was also drinking heavily and doing drugs to ease the pain, and because I thought I liked it. I was blessed by you through many tears. I would love to tell you that I lived happily ever after. Unfortunately, Satan is alive and well and was living in my brain. So although I picked up my Bible after many years of not reading it, I was justifying my drinking because my drink of choice was wine, and I would say that Jesus' first miracle was turning water to wine. I also found the passage about enjoying the green herb of the earth, and I'm sure you know what I did with that. So I was drinking and drugging for another nine years. But on March the 8th, 2003, I went to a treatment center, and I have been sober ever since. I then changed churches to my new beautiful small Baptist church where I was baptized December the 26th of 2003. I am still a very happy member today. Billy, it all started with you. Thank you, and God bless you. Want to hear something to be thankful for from God's Word? Here it is. From 1 John 1, 9. The truth will set you free, and this is the truth from 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I want to read you something from Henry and Richard Blackaby's Experience in God Day by Day book, and this is from the April 15th reading. The Christian life is not always easy. There are joyful moments of walking with Jesus. But there are also times when nothing makes sense and when your world seems to be crumbling. The world will mock your Lord, and you may grow discouraged. At those times, you need to peer into the empty tomb. It is the abandoned tomb that gives you hope. 
for it symbolizes the life that is yours from your risen Lord. The empty tomb promises that nothing, not even death itself, can defeat the purposes of your Lord. Are you weeping beside an empty tomb? So we don't need to be weeping. We have a lot to be thankful for. Now here is another reason to give thanks from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I want to read you this from the June 10th devotional book, God Calling. It's the day of trouble. Offer unto me the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and pay your vows to the Most High, and then call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. To praise and thank and steadily fulfill your promises to me are then, as it were, the placing of coins in my bank, upon which in your time of need you can draw with confidence and certainty. Remember that. The world wonders when it sees the man who can so unexpectedly draw large and unsuspected sums from his bank for his own need, that of a friend or for some charity. But the world has not seen are the countless small sums paid into that bank, earned by faithful work in many ways. And so in my kingdom, the world sees the man of faith make a sudden demand upon me, upon my stores, and lo, that demand is met. The world thinks the man has magic power. No, the world does not see that the man has been paying in, in thanks and praise, promises fulfilled, faithfully, steadily. So with you, my children, offer to God the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and pay your vows to the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. This is a promise for the seemingly dull days of little happenings, and a cheer for you, my children. When you seem not able to do big things, you can be storing your little acts and words of faithfulness in my great storehouse, ready for the day of your big demand. In Joanna Weaver's devotional book, At the Feet of Jesus, here is a a reading from November the 22nd. And the verse that she cites is Psalm 103, verse 2. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. An attitude of gratitude is more important than we know. When we consider all of God's blessings, when we look back and see His hand upon our lives, our hearts are quieted, for we're reminded that God is our helper. We need not be afraid. But it is when we declare out loud our thankfulness that something truly transformative takes place. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, John declares in Revelation 12:11. Never underestimate the power of your story. Often we hesitate to share what Jesus has done for us because we're painfully aware of how far we have yet to go. But when we give God praise, when we actively and audibly express gratefulness to the power of His love and how far it has brought us, something amazing happens. We see God more clearly and ourselves more accurately. According to Romans 1.21, The greatest danger of not being grateful is spiritual blindness. Quote, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. It is a warning we must all take to heart, even as believers. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And that's from Romans 1.22. We're in danger of doing the same thing if we refuse to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Gradually, we end up worshiping the created, namely us, rather than the creator, God, blindly going down a path that always leads to destruction. 
No wonder Paul instructs us to give thanks in all circumstances. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's from 1 Thessalonians 5.18. From Joyce Meyer's book, Trusting God Day by Day, quote, Always remember to give God the credit for any good things that He does through you. Our gifts, talents, and abilities all come from Him. What do we have that He did not give us? Absolutely nothing. Therefore, all the praise goes to Him. From Charles Spurgeon's book, Morning by Morning, I'd like to read this to you from the December 29th devotional. The verse is from 1 Samuel 7:12. Thus far has the Lord helped us. The words thus far seem like a hand pointing toward the past. Twenty years or seventy, and yet, thus far, the Lord has helped. Through poverty, wealth, sickness, health, at home, abroad, on the land, or on sea. In honor, dishonor, perplexity, joy, trial, triumph, prayer, and temptation, thus far has the Lord helped us. We delight to look down a long avenue of trees. It's delightful to gaze from end to end of the long vista, a sort of vegetation temple with its branching pillars and its arches of leaves. In the same way, look down the long aisles of your years at the green boughs of mercy overhead and the strong pillars of loving kindness and faithfulness that bear up your joys. Are there no birds in yonder branches singing? Surely there must be many, and they all sing of mercy received thus far. But the words also point forward, for when a person gets up to a certain mark and writes thus far, they're not yet at the end. There's still a distance to be traveled. More trials, joys, temptations, triumphs, prayers, and answers, toils, strength, battles, and victories. Then come old age, affliction, death. Is it over now? No, there is more yet. Awakening in Jesus' likeness, thrones, harps, songs, psalms, white raiment, the face of Jesus, the society of saints, the glory of God, the fullness of eternity, the infinity of bliss. Oh, be of good courage, believer, and with grateful confidence raise your Ebenezer. When read in heaven's light, how glorious a prospect your thus far will unfold to your grateful eye. And I know Charles Spurgeon is sort of a deep writer and a deep thinker. And, you know, I don't understand exactly everything that he says. So don't mind if you don't either. So some people might, probably people like Billy Graham would understand it. Now I want to read to you from Max Locato from his book, Grace for the Moment Devotional. And I'm going to be reading from the November 13th reading of that titled Saying Thank You. And the verse cited is Psalms 106, verse 1. Thank the Lord because he is good. His love continues forever. Worship is when you're aware that what you've been given is far greater than what you can give. Worship is the awareness that were it not for his touch, you'd still be hobbling and hurting, bitter and broken. Worship is the half-glazed expression on the parched face of a desert pilgrim as he discovers that the oasis is not a mirage. Worship is the thank you that refuses to be silenced. We have tried to make a science out of worship. We can't do that. We can't do that any more than we can sell love or negotiate peace. Worship is a voluntary act of gratitude offered by the saved to the Savior, by the healed to the healer, and by the delivered to the deliverer. And that comes from Locato's book, In the Eye of the Storm.
Now I would like to read to you from Randy Alcorn's 90 Days of God's Goodness. This is about God's good gifts. Reasons to thank God are unending. They come in all sizes, by God's Spirit, through His Word, and by observing the world around us. We may cultivate the vision to see a thousand things each day that prompt our hearts to praise Him. Much of the good of this world, such as the beauty of a flower, or the grandeur of a waterfall, or the joy of an otter at play, serves no more practical purpose than great art. It does, however, serve the high purpose of filling us with delight, wonder, and gratitude. Thomas Smith tells of an old woman he met in a nursing home. Blind and almost deaf, Mabel was 89. She had lived there for 25 years and now sat strapped in a wheelchair. Smith handed Mabel a flower and said, Happy Mother's Day. She tried to smell it. Thank you, she said, her words garbled. It's lovely, but since I'm blind, can I give it to someone else? When he wheeled her to another resident, she held out the flower and said, Here, this is from Jesus. Smith asked, Mabel, what do you think about when you lie in your room? I think about my Jesus. What do you think about Jesus? As she spoke slowly and deliberately, he wrote down her words, quote, I think how good he's been to me. He's been awfully good. I'm one of those kind who's mostly satisfied. I'd rather have Jesus. He's all the world to me. End of quote. Why does anyone feel gratitude? And why do people, even irreligious survivors of a plane crash, so often thank God? Do people thank time, chance, and natural selection for the good they experience? No, because innately we see life as a gift from God. Some of the world's goodness can be described only as supernatural. Since from a naturalistic viewpoint, we should all ruthlessly step on one another to survive. Despite its current flaws, the world's beauty and goodness testify to a creator who designed it with order and purpose. Don't evil and suffering grab our attention precisely because they are not the norm in our lives? Our shock at evil testifies to the predominance of good. The Christian worldview explains goodness as rooted in God, revealed by God, and rewarded by Him. It gives reason for great optimism to those who embrace it. I'm going to read you this paper that came across the Internet several years ago about you are so blessed. If you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than the million who won't survive the week. If you have never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pangs of starvation, you are ahead of 20 million people around the world. If you attend a church meeting without fear of harassment, arrest, torture, or death, you are more blessed than almost 3 billion people in the world. If you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of this world. If you have money in the bank, in your wallet, and spare change in a dish someplace, you are among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. If your parents are still married and alive, you are very rare, especially in the United States. If you hold up your head with a smile on your face and are truly thankful, you are blessed because the majority can, but most do not. If you can hold someone's hand, hug them, or even touch them on the shoulder, you are blessed because you can offer God's healing touch. If you can listen and read this message, you are more blessed than over 2 billion people in the world that cannot read anything at all. 
You are so blessed in ways you may never even know. Blessings to you. If you are feeling blessed, repay the blessings bestowed to you and do something for others. A blessing cannot be kept. If it stops with you, then the blessing will disappear. The blessing will only keep working if it is continuously passed around. If you are a recipient of a blessing, keep the blessing working by being the source of blessing to other people. Now, I didn't get to all that I was going to read, but anyway, I think I covered a lot of it. I hope you have enjoyed what I have shared this morning from some Christian ministers and authors about gratitude and giving thanks in all circumstances. And I will leave you with this verse from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. No matter what happens, always be thankful, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening. been listening to Hope for Today, brought to you each Sunday morning by Carol Pharmacy. We hope the message today has helped and encouraged you. If we can ever help you with your prescriptions, over-the-counter medications, or vaccines, we hope you will come in to our family-owned and operated independent pharmacy, where outstanding customer service is our goal. 